Jeff, Laura, and Backstage Ben. Things we said on the radio. Trauma dumping. You for sure have witnessed it online. You may have also participated in it. (laughs) What is it? A new article in Mashable is saying that trauma dumping is the oversharing typically of distressing experiences with people who haven't agreed to or aren't prepared to have that conversation. Oh, okay. I am so glad there's finally a term for this because as somebody who does, listen, it's also my job to use my social media as my personal diary. Yep. However, sometimes I find people go, they go in. Yeah, they go in. It's not just, you know, it goes past being, you know, open and honest and into this needs to be talked about with a really close friend. Yeah. Therapist. Yeah. Professional of some kind. Yeah. We, um, Jeff and I had a conversation not too long ago about there was a trend that started a few years ago of being like, very, very open and very, very honest and and candid online. Be like, this is me at my most vulnerable, making sure that you're taking a picture and good lighting still while you're doing it and posting that with the caption being... Yeah, you want to get the tear underneath the light. Exactly. Yeah, you got to make sure the tear <laughs> shows up. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, then, and then either telling a story or saying, hey, it's okay to feel this way. And I feel like there's such great intent often behind that, but then there's also... There, you cannot question. Some people are doing it for some attention. Not everybody. It is a thing, though. But the thing about this that makes it trauma dumping versus oversharing is that when you're just trying to scroll on your own social media feed and just, you know, have that little gap out or what some people call rest, guilty, even though we found it is not relaxing or restful for your body at all. Right, yeah. (laughs) When you're just trying to have a good time on social media and you have that kind of stuff thrown in your face, that can affect your mental health. Like for me. Yeah. For me. TikTok. When people... Post about the little doggos. Oh, backstage Sarah bridge. gets that. Yeah. Oh. I will go yeah. from a perfectly happy, good mood to ugly crying in 0.5 seconds. Yep. Because it used to be the, was it the Wham song, Wake Me Up Before You Go Go? Oh, and then no, it becomes super no, sad. I can't, yeah. I can't. No, what the hell? No, no. That's definitely trauma <laughs> dumping for sure. That is 100% trauma yeah. dumping. And it's just, it's like you want to be supportive of the person posting because obviously nobody wants to see you go through that. But at the same time, I'm not prepared. Yeah, yeah. You can't help other people when you're not 100% yourself. Mm-hmm. You're knocking me down a couple percentages. This is true. This is very true. It's uh, cathartic, right? For the person doing it, they feel they feel better getting it out there. They feel yeah. like it's it's a bit of uh, release of some sort, you know. And you're putting time into making the video, and then but then how many people realize that they are making strangers cry on the internet? Yeah, and <laughs> you know, it's like. It's kind of on the realm of posting trigger warnings. I hate that term. I'm not yeah. that term. But Facebook, like they, you know, how they have that stuff for graphic things. Yeah, or, right, you know, yeah. if, let's say if a Brazilian butt lift doctor showing off their surgery, normally there's a tag saying you could be witnessing some graphic stuff because it's post surgery things. Right, yeah. There needs to be one of those with like ugly cry warning. I think you so, may ugly yeah. cry <laughs> as a result of seeing this. Yeah. <laughs> put that in the algorithm. We got to get it yeah. in the algorithm. <laughs> then, you know what? Even put an ad for Kleenex afterwards. Hey, something brilliant. Like that. That's genius. Yeah. <laughs> there you put go. Some chocolate in there. <laughs> <laughs> You're all good. Jeff and Laura with Backstage Ben. Virgin Radio. I did not know that. I did not know that. I did not know that. File this under I thought I knew it, but I did not <laughs> know it. And uh, 
as a great example, we got a text when we were teasing this. We got a text saying, here's a tip from financial advisors. When you donate at a store, they get the tax deduction. Donate to the charity directly and get the receipt to use on your tax return. That, it turns out, is false. Wrong. Wrong. We have said it <laughs> on the air yeah. because we were all under the impression that's what happened. Yes. Basically, the thought was... You give your bucks into a box at uh, a big box store or add it onto your receipt or whatever. That company, the big company, accumulates all of that money, donates it on their own behalf, and gets the tax reduction. That's false, and I'm looking at uh, articles both in the United States and in Canada, and the number one reason that's false is because that is tax fraud. That is not their money to donate. That is fraud, and they cannot do that. Uh, members of the CRA, as well as a bunch of financial think tanks in the States, say the reason companies do it, mostly, it's goodwill. That's their big reason. It's their saying, it's them being the ones saying, hey, you want to donate to whatever charity it could be, and that's their goodwill is basically pressuring us to donate some dollars. Goodwill, and it still looks, you know, tax credit or not, it still looks good on a company to those charitable partnerships. If you want to go down the, like, corpse or evil, blah, 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 blah. For sure. But I thought the exact same thing as that texter. Yep. I... And I think it went viral on TikTok a couple years. I think that's where it first popped off. It did. This this whole thing came about because I saw a meme about it. And then I saw yeah. I looked into the comments and you see more and more. And yeah, I was under that same impression that they they take their that your, your dollars and use them as their own. Now, some things that companies will do is they'll offer to match up to a certain amount. And yep. whatever they donate from their own profits, obviously, is a tax deduction. Anytime you see uh, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, whoever donates a billion dollars to whatever, yeah, that's their own money. That's all a tax deduction, and sure, that's yeah. fine. But you can get a tax credit too if you donate. I think the minimum is twenty bucks, right? Twenty bucks, um, and that's that's with anything. If you if you have if you're at an event or something and you donate. Now, what I saw on the United States side, and I can't confirm here. So, if there are any accountants or financial advisors listening right now. In the States, they say you can accumulate your receipts from stores, and if it's the same charity that you donate to over and over again, say it's you go into the same big box store and you donate a couple of bucks every time you go, you can use those receipts to get your own tax deduction back because it shows up as a charitable donation on your receipt. Ooh, see, now, and that's great. Yeah, absolutely it is, for sure. That's, I mean, that's a lot of extra work, and over the year, it could very well add up. You're adding two, three, five bucks every time you go. It could be hundreds of dollars by the time. It's, if it's at a grocery store, it could easily be a, a couple of hundred bucks. I actually feel bad now because I had, ever since I learned this a couple years ago, I had like almost proudly said no yeah. when the yep. person at the checkout. Now, I do also think, though, it is so important to research the charities that you donate to. Some of those charities that are attached, to, I will not donate to. Because I don't care who gets the tax credit credit because I don't like how they're run. However, there are a yeah. lot of ones where I'm like, oh, I still feel bad saying no, but I'm going to, and you know, you do donate on your own time. That's what I do. But yep. now that, you know, and somebody else isn't making bank off it, what's a couple bucks here and there? It's just a little bit of holiday guilt that we're offering you now at this point, I think. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. are the holidays without some extra guilt, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mornings with Jeff, Laura, and Backstage Ben. Virgin Radio. It's that time of year. No, I'm not talking about the time of the year where you go to the mall and you desperately try to find something for your office work Christmas party. I'm talking about the time of year where everybody shares their personal data from Spotify. Yes. 
Spotify Wrapped is back. They drop it every December. December 1st was yesterday, in case you forgot. And people have already started sharing their own stats. But Spotify has shared their stats globally. And obviously, they've broken it down country by country as well. But pretty awesome to see Canadians on the top five in a couple different categories. Most streamed artists globally, Drake and Justin Bieber at, at number four and number five. Uh, but it's funny, Bad Bunny is the most streamed artist worldwide. For the second year in a row. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. You go, Bad Bunny. Yeah. Uh, then, then it's followed by Taylor Swift, then BTS. Most streamed albums, you've got Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. No surprise there. Nope. Future Nostalgia. Then Justice by Justin Bieber. Equals Ed Sheeran, Planet Her by Doja Cat. They also go through and they found some pretty funny data. So... This is how monumental Rolling Stone tried to cancel them, but this <laughs> this should make that writer feel so embarrassed. Spotify has flat out said made data based on whether it's a Bones or No Bones Day. So good. Frequently added songs on a No Bones Day include "Easy on Me" by Adele, uh, "I One Step Forward, Three Steps Back" by Olivia Rodrigo. On a Bones Day, playlists often have "Golden" by Harry Styles, "A OK" by Ty Verdes. Good as hell by Lizzo. So good. I love this kind of data. That's, so yeah, that's it's perfect. Spotify has also said that, that fans have cultivated more than 2.9 million playlists related to plants and gardening, which <laughs> I is love it. That is so on trend for still, you know, stuck in the pandemic, lots yep. of lockdown. I think the plant loving really popped off this past winter. But Betty and I are on the same page. There's always a meme. They're probably already being spread by people who just can't let other people enjoy things. There's always haters for people who share their Spotify, their personal data on their Instagram page, on their Facebook, wherever. People are saying, oh, nobody cares about your Spotify wrapped. You know who cares? Us. We do. I love seeing them. I take great joy in seeing... Uh, this is twofold. Seeing what people like to listen to, I because I, I, I want to learn about more music. If I yeah. don't know who it is, and I also take joy in seeing people take joy in something that they do in their life. I've already seen a bunch where it's like, yeah, I'm a huge fan of whoever, and they just want to let that flag fly. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and it's awesome because so if you've never done Spotify Wrapped, if you have Spotify, you don't need a premium account or anything. Nope. If you just use the app. In December, if you go to the main page of the app, there will be a little pop-up that says Wrapped. And basically, it looks through your own personal streaming data to tell you what your top artists are, Mm -hmm. what your most favorite songs of the year are. And it's really cool. Like, for example, this year, I am not surprised. I am in the top 2% of Megan Thee Stallion streamers. Amazing. Amazing. Last year, I was top 1% for Diplo. That's so good. And that's the fun stuff. You can tweet your artists about it. Yeah. A little bit of competition, sure. There's nothing wrong. Hey, you're one of the 1% of fans. Oh, yeah. Diplo, right? I'm like part this. of the hottie club. Thank there you, you very go. much. Yeah. I I admittedly don't use Spotify a ton. I've got a free account, and I don't use it a lot um, because I have radio and a lot of records to play. Mm-hmm. So art, and some of my favorite artists didn't make it because I don't listen to Spotify to listen to something that I've already got a bunch of other media for. But my, my top genres include pirate. That makes me so happy. How is that possible? What? Like, what does... So are you there listening are, to like kids' music where they go like, "Hardy matey, no, good morning." Woo-hoo. There's a couple of my favorite old school artists. There was an album that was like all. Well, this is uh, it was a big TikTok trend too. What do they call it? Um, not sailors, but it was something like these old pirate songs that became like newer folk. Oh, songs. 
yeah. A lot you were of listening those, to that stuff? Yeah. Um, it's like, uh, leave her Johnny. I'm about to see you in a home. Yeah, Johnny. exactly. <laughs> there was uh, oh, wow. a Friday night, okay. uh, put on the shower speaker and uh, bring in a mug of grog into the shower and rip that stuff. It's great. Okay. <laughs> wow. I didn't know that that was classified as pirate music, but now that I'm thinking of what that sounds like, I can totally see oh, that. Good yeah, for buddy. you. Yeah. How eclectic. This is why I love Spotify rap. Maybe exactly. you should you should change your own view on how you see other people's Spotify rap. Sea shanties. That was the word. Sea shanties. That was the TikTok uh, trend. So. I can't. Sea shanties. I almost could not say that. She That's sells sea shanties by the seashore, right? Oh, man. My brain is mentally <laughs> melting. Anyway. All right. Mornings with Jeff, Laura, and Backstage Ben. Virgin Radio. It's Guest Gossip. On Virgin Radio. This is gross, and it's already been taken down. Dropped yesterday on Hulu. Hulu dropped an Astroworld documentary titled Astroworld Concert from Hell. Oh, oh, that's awful. Disgusting. Obviously, as a result of all the backlash they received yesterday, the documentary has been taken down. Very valid tweets such as, Hulu making a documentary about Astroworld is in poor taste all around. People are still burying their loved ones. The legal cases haven't even started. Great documentaries are done when all the facts are laid out. Not enough time has passed to fully discuss this. That's exactly it. You cannot call this a documentary. You don't even have a proper retelling of how events happened because the, the Houston police's timeline isn't lining up with people on Travis's team, isn't lining up with people who were at the actual concert. That's a reality show. That's not a documentary. That is just the laziest form of documentary making and most salacious. It's just gross. It seems like they probably just gathered concert footage and then are using... Like, it'd be people's tweets and, and posts and that sort of thing of what's going on because there is not conclusive... Uh, facts all around yet. Like, it's still it's a huge ongoing, and it will be for years ongoing investigation. Yeah, a lot of this is really shady. It's also really interesting to note that Hulu is like the, the streaming service that the Kardashians have their new show that's going to be on. Yeah. Now, they have reportedly cut Travis Scott from any filming that they've done previously. As oh, a re- That's see. just a report unconfirmed right. as a result of the festival. But it would be really interesting to see if they somehow got a kick from this. I don't think that they would do that because that just seems like the most gross thing you could do yeah. at this point. And I genuinely do think that nobody nobody involved in that festival wanted this outcome. I just think, no, for like sure you said, not. Benny, it was a perfect storm of terrible things yeah. to happen. Uh, by the way, a lot of people who Travis Scott who has offered to pay for the funeral costs for, a lot of those families are rejecting that, and I assume at this point it's just because there's so many lawsuits against him. I think if you take a any kind of handouts, you're not maybe going to get the full amount of money that you think that you should get. Yeah, that's true. This is interesting. Machine Gun Kelly's um, nail polish line is officially out. It's called Undone Lacquer. Uh, Not a lot of vowels in that. You'll have to Google it if you actually want to buy some. Here's the reason why I think if you're looking for any celebrity nail polish, you should buy his. The amount of fights he gets in, I never see his nail polish chipped. (laughs) That's true. I'm telling you, you could probably go to the gym with that. If you're like me and you're really bad, like always using your nails as tools, I feel Mm. like 
his nail polish is going to be the stuff that will stick and not fall off. That's a great point. <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm very into when celebrities wear their own product. I haven't been able to figure it out. I mean, it's about $18 for individual shades to $86 bucks for six shade kits. Um, but if you're getting a good, high-quality nail polish, that's kind of what it what it is anyway. You can climb all the stage scaffolding you want with those and uh, you don't have to worry. Yeah, get into a little some parking lot fights. Not a chip to be seen. <laughs> and this is really interesting. There is a petition to ask Will and Jada Smith to stop talking. Oh, wow. Oh, how rude. <laughs> it, people are saying they are not wanting to hear as much detail about their lives as is currently doing. So people are saying, please just stop interviewing them. It's gaining momentum. It's a change.org petition. It, okay, it's at 5,000 right now, uh, at least on my last check. But yeah. still, the more and more this... T- it's probably going to get, let's say, I, my prediction is it'll probably stop off at about 10,000. That could be, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could say well, that yeah. about a lot of people. Like, why there should be one maybe perhaps of uh, Elon tweeting. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people who are a little more outspoken than others. Yeah, I think the reason why people are making this is because you have Jada Pinkett Smith's Red Table Talk. Yeah. At the same time, Will Smith is trying to promote his new memoir. So I think the issue is is that maybe Red Table Talk should have gone on its holiday break. Yeah. Now to let the release of the book shine, but maybe because they're both kind of have these competing really in-depth truthful stories maybe maybe people are a little tired that's very likely i think yeah Yeah. (laughs) jeff and laura in the morning with backstage ben on virgin radio look back on your childhood is there anything that stands out in your mind that you're like hmm now that i'm older i realize that's kind of weird like for example there's a BuzzFeed list. Actually, I saw this trending on TikTok a couple weeks ago. But, for example, one person wrote into BuzzFeed and actually said that my dad never wanted to shout at us when dinner was ready. So he actually had doorbells installed in our room. So he would press a doorbell button from the kitchen downstairs and it would go like ding, ding. <laughs> and like the kids would know to go downstairs. Wow. As that an adult. very fancy. Would, that, that actually does. No, I uh, growing up as a when I was like, you know, grade two, three, four around that era. My next door neighbor was my best friend, and we would just be in each other's house all the time. But looking back, it occurred to me his house really smelled like cat pee, like a a great deal, like really pungent cat pee. (laughs) And it didn't ever stop me from going there. But I didn't love that smell of cat pee. But now looking back, I'm like, that was an unusual amount of cat pee in that smell in that house. <laughs> I, I, I just feel like they probably did not clean their litter box nearly as much as they should. Yep. Uh, if I remember, they had two cats. But oh, that's a lot of pee. That's a lot of pee. <laughs> and now looking back, like as an adult, I would, I would avoid going to a house that smells too much like cat pee. As a kid, you're just like, yeah, it's whatever. just a thing. It's just, yeah, it's so common. It, it was an experience that I had almost every day because I was there almost every day. Uh, one thing I noticed as an adult that was not, I don't think it's normal anyway. It, either way, or if it is, it sure made me feel out of place regardless. My family does not eat dinner at the table. 
ever. Yeah. Ever throughout my whole childhood, and also including when we had family dinners. It's always like potluck, go find a chair, or you might even be standing. That's how many Geddeses there are in one room. <laughs> so that being said, as an adult, when I I get super nervous, if we were talking about, you know, do you make dinner at home when you invite some company over for dinner? Yeah. I get so nervous having to sit at a table and eat dinner with people who I only kind of know in their home. Oh. Because I, I it don't... It feels very formal. It feels very formal. Yeah. And I realize, I'm like, I don't think, I don't think, you know, just grabbing a plate and sitting or standing wherever you can eat your food. I don't think that was the norm. Nope. I wouldn't say so. Wouldn't say so. We used to eat dinner. Like, even when I was a kid, we'd eat dinner at like eight o'clock because my dad was a realtor. So he would be working late because he'd be working around other people's dinner times and people would want to go see houses <laughs> and that sort of thing. So we'd have dinner super late. And then as I started, you know, dating and, and going out, especially backstage, Sarah, she was like, yeah, five o'clock is dinner time. Why is dinner? <laughs> why are you waiting an <laughs> additional hangry. three hours? Yeah, exactly. I'm getting hangry. <laughs> Give me food. But there's always snacks after school. I'd have a ton of snacks that'd get me right through until our eight o'clock dinner. <laughs> Jeff and Laura with Backstage Ben every morning. Virgin Radio. What is that thing? That you experienced as a child. Maybe it was at a friend's house. Maybe it was a rule that your parents had or some weird outing that you used to do. But what is something that you grew up that now you're an adult? You're thinking, ah, that was a little weird, wasn't it? We did get a text about somebody saying, obviously, parents smoking in the house. I would say that was a normal thing for childhood. It's just now like health practices. Although, I'll be real. My mom still smokes in the house. My dad at one point stopped, but he would just go outside and like leave the side door open so all the smoke could just waft in when it got windy. <laughs> oh, he's yeah. trying though. He's trying. I thought that counts. Exactly. Uh, we had a text say that my parents used to hide ginger ale in their closet so the kids wouldn't get it. This thought thought storing pop in the bedroom closet was normal. No wonder why it wasn't popular. Friends would come over and be like, hey, can I grab a pop? Yeah, sure. It's in the closet. <laughs> what, in the pantry? No, no, in mom and dad's room. <laughs> yeah. Go over there. That. Help yourself. These stories make me think and realize that we all had somewhat weird, but also somewhat normal childhoods growing up. Well, is there anything like that that you're that you have noticed? Like, do you think there's anything that you've done to your kids already? I don't know. That are going to be like that? I think about that all the time. I think about like I sometimes I worry that like there's too much screen time that like as soon as they get home they they do their homework as quick as possible so they can hop on the switch and that sort of thing. But then I realized as a kid I did the exact same thing. Like I I had like my two hour block of time where I'd watch TV. And it was like, I just watched The Simpsons like four times in a row or something along those lines. But yeah, I don't know. We the Backstage Sarah and I occasionally are like, ah, the kids, are, they're too young. They're not going to realize if we, you know, push this a day or if we just don't do this right now or something. <laughs> they're not that great with dates. <laughs> We've had Thanksgiving on like a Wednesday because it was more convenient for what? us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. That is something they will notice. I, Maybe. I don't know if they have noticed yet. Listen, I may have never eaten dinner at the table, but we still had Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Jeff and Laura with Backstage Ben. Virgin Radio. We're talking about those things you experienced as a kid that now as an adult you look back and say, hmm, you know what? That was a little weird, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. There was one thing that both me and Backstage Ben experienced and I think most people thought that this was just something that happened maybe in the 50s. 
<laughs> it's very weird. I think it was even still weird for the time that we grew up, which is outside dogs. My dog growing up, sweet, sweet Charlie. I only remember him ever being in the house a handful of times. He had a bed out on the porch, which was covered. He lived his best farm dog life. He did not go in the house. When you said this off the air, you're like, I think I've got something that's going to blow a few minds. And then when you said that it was the fact you had an outside dog, it blew my mind because I had an outside dog growing <laughs> up. But no, I wasn't a farm kid. I was a chat. Well, close enough, I guess. But uh, we had a dog growing up that was such a wild animal. And my parents like got him for my sister, who is six years older than me. So I'm guessing she would have been like eight or nine. And he was just nuts. Like, he was very, very high energy. They never really did much as far as training. So he was... We had a crate in the basement with his food and water. And when the weather was nice, we'd just leave the door open. So he'd come and go as he pleased. But he was still like a basement slash outside dog. (laughs) Anytime we let him upstairs... It was like, oh, let's bring Buddy up and just have a wild time because he would tear around that place like crazy. And he, I remember he jumped on our coffee table at one point and slid across it and just like dug these giant trenches with his nails into the coffee table. But he was, it, to me, it was a normal thing to have an outside dog. We'd go out and play with him all the time. I'd come home. I'd go right to the backyard to run around with him. And then I'd go inside and like we'd feed him. He was, he was, I... At the time, I thought, well taken care of. Looking back, it was an outside dog. That You don't do that anymore. <laughs> you don't. But at the same time, I mean, Charlie lived a great life. He was a happy dog. Yeah, However, exactly. To put things into perspective now, my dad has naps with my sister's chihuahua. Like, he will flat out nap on my dad's chest if he passed out on the on the couch. I you almost know? have a daily nap at Backstage Barlow. It's yeah, cool. it is like the dog level. But I'm just thinking now, like, even at the time, I think it was really weird to have an outside dog. But for, at least from a farm perspective, I mean, in the middle of Chatham, that's that's extra weird. Well, some vindication, though. We're getting a few texts saying it's still, there's somebody who still has a dog, an outside dog. Uh, people who had two outside dogs growing up, one smaller dog inside. That was farm life. Uh, okay, it's not as uncommon as we thought. For me and my sister, it was totally normal. When I introduced that concept to Backstage Sarah, just saying that our dog was like an outside dog, she's like, she had never heard of that ever before. Yeah, I guess maybe it depends on where you grew up. It's partly that and partly dogs have gotten soft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Limbo's like, oh, this is not the right type. No, she'll eat anything. But I know some dogs that if you don't like mash their kibble for them, they're like, No. That meme is the best. I'm looking that shows at you, like, white fluffy dogs. Yeah, the old, <laughs> the old dog that was like basically a wolf. <laughs> that was like I, I killed this animal and brought it home to eat, and now the dog <laughs> saying, "You changed my diet. Now I've got diarrhea for two weeks." <laughs> <laughs> Jeff and Laura in the morning with Backstage Ben on Virgin Radio. It is time for Beat Backstage Ben. If you've never listened to this before, we've got Natalia on the line. Both Natalia and Backstage Ben, they are going to get the same set of trivia questions. Natalia will answer hers first as Benny is out of the room. Then Benny will come back in the room and see how he fares out. Natalia sent us a very (laughs) special text this morning. Uh, Natalia, could you read what you texted us today when we were talking about how people were complaining about the difficulty of yesterday's questions? Um, it's kind of trivia, so I don't think they should be complaining. I mean, I got one out of the three just playing along, and I'm 18, so can <laughs> relax. The shade. 
This is the first time we've had a beat backstage band player trash talk other players. Other players. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Natalia, oh, so we do. This turns out. Yes, yeah, so Benny, you go on get. Okay, I will get- explain to everybody. We found a workaround. So normally, if there's only two to three of us here, it's really hard to play beat backstage band because I'm actually in the Waterloo studios this morning. However, I'm watching Benny exit the room right now. I figured out how I can get him back in the room. I'm going to yell at him on our WhatsApp chat. And when he gets that message, hopefully the data works in our favor and he'll come back in the room. Sound good? Hello. Natalia, you still there? Yes, I'm still here. Can you hear me? Her- yeah, I can. You're just cutting out a little bit there, but now we're good. Are you ready to beat Backstage Ben? I'm going to try. <laughs> okay. Well then, here we go. First question. How many pairs of ribs are in the typical human body? Oh my gosh, I should know this. I have a physiology class in like half an hour. Oh um, man. Is it 12? Ding, ding. Yes, it is. I'm going to do yes or nas today because I also don't have the buzzers because I'm not in studio. So we'll go, yes. Yep, humans, there are normally 12 pairs of ribs. The first seven pairs are attached directly to the sternum uh, and are called true ribs. I'm not going to get into into any more details because I did not take much health class in high school. (laughs) Second question, Natalia. What is the driest continent on Earth? Oh, my gosh. This is geography. Um, I almost failed geography. Is it... Not, no, no, that's cold. That's cold. Is it... Ant- no, Antarctica? Yes! Okay. Woo! I'm so proud of me. You are on a roll. Damn. You're, I hope your teacher's listening from geography if you almost <laughs> failed. Look at this. They really made an impact on you through the end of the semester. Third and final question, Natalia. What does a conchologist collect? Um, oncologist. That's, no, that's an oncologist. That's the cancer one. Yeah, so it would be. Well, no. it could be. I'll give you the alternate pronunciation because I do think people say it either way. What does a conchologist? Sorry, a conchologist collect. Conchologist. That's definitely so. Oh, zoology. Sorry, could you say that one more time? It's like it's something to do with zoology, so conch would be like shells. Yeah, we'll take it. Yes. Oh Seashells is what a conchologist collects. I guess I won't use that other pronunciation for Benny. That one's a little more helpful. Man, Natalia, three for three. You picked topics that I still put new, so we're good. Oh my gosh, this is going to be a fierce battle. Okay, so I've got our WhatsApp chat open. I'm going to just record a voice memo right now. Benny! Let's see if he got it. A one check mark, two check mark. Has he read the message yet? I'll let you know when he does. Oh, he's online. He's read the check mark. He will be making his way back in the studio. This is really suspenseful. I can only see his mic. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Did, the, did it come through on WhatsApp well? You want to play it through the mic there, Benny? Hello, I'm here. I'm here. Did the voice memo work? You should pop it up to your mic. Did you get that? <laughs> there you go. Quiet, quiet, but it worked. Yeah, it was there. Benny, Natalia went three for three. Oh, no way! <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Not only did she earn the right to trash talk other beat backstage band players who think the questions are too difficult, but Natalia, would you like to trash talk Mr. Backstage Ben? 
I told you, Ben. I'm good at guessing. No kidding. Oh, man. <laughs> Ooh, I'm nervous. Okay. Well, Betty, here we go. Uh, I'm going to use Yas or Nas as our ringers today. Might as well keep it consistent. <laughs> okay. First question. How many pairs of ribs are in the typical human body? Twelve. No counting. What? Oh, no, I'm not like, oh, okay. I, I can't feel my ribs. Are you kidding me? I'm added. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there are 12 ribs in the typical human body. Okay, second question. What is the driest continent on Earth? Ooh. Feels like there's an obvious answer, but I don't want to say it because it seems too obvious. Africa? Nice. No! <laughs> it's Antarctica. All right. Oh, man. All right. Should I even bother with this third no, and final know. question? I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> third question. I think I did originally mess up the pronunciation of it, so I'll say it the same way that really helped uh, Natalia get it. What does a conchologist collect? Um, seashells? Yes. 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 Either, did you say conchologist? Yeah, I did. I think that I said. I think, I think either or. Yeah. But anyway... You got well, it. Anyway, right. doesn't matter. Just a two for three for backstage. Ben, Natalia, you won! <laughs> a loss. Oh, man. How does it feel to beat backstage Ben? I feel great. I think this is a highlight of my morning. I'm good. I'm good for the rest of the day. I'm glad my defeat made your, made your day. Yep. It's made my week, to be honest with you. <laughs> you took the cake. You slayed it. Jeff and Laura with Backstage Ben every morning. Virgin Radio. Ah, uh, Christmas. Are you invited to or attending any office Christmas parties this year? I was shocked. It's not ours, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> the beautiful Brazilian cybercop sent me a little WhatsApp message a couple weeks ago. Hey, my work is having an actual office Christmas party. Those were barely happening pre-pandemic, but the fact that this is, this is happening, it's actually happening, I think it's at the Waterloo Inn. Either way, it's tomorrow. Haven't found anything to wear yet. And here's my question. Is is it wrong to dress a little sexy for an office Christmas party that you're attending? I mean, I certainly don't think so. <laughs> I often try to, anyways. I think... That it is the only opportunity most people to get to dress a little sexy for a Christmas party. Because what other Christmas parties are you going to? You're going to a house party. You, you're. I doubt you're going to put a full dress on. Maybe you will. I don't know. I think there, there are, and especially in the pandemic era, less and less things to go to that, that are uh, good to dress up for. I've started dressing up for, like, a regular date night or a regular, like... Going to the bar. I think any excuse to get a little glam on is is not a bad thing at all. Well, so here's the thing. I've had this red, it's like a satin-ish red jumper in my cart for like a couple <laughs> weeks now. And I showed it to the beautiful Brazilian cyber cop and he, what do you think of this? Like, should I wear this to your Christmas party? Oh. Well, what do you mean? What? Oh. What does that mean? Don't you think that's a little scandalous for like a, a, my office party? 
Like, what do you expect me to wear? Am I supposed to wear a, a burlap sack? <laughs> it is you work one, at a monastery? <laughs> yeah. It's the one time of year that you can wear, like, something red and silky and still not be pajamas, but also not look, like, really, you know, like you're a character in GTA. Uh, <laughs> I thought it looked really nice. It was like a wide leg, but then it's got like, you know, it's got some some cleavage in the front. And I don't know. Now I'm questioning whether you should be... Can you not just do... Uh, obviously not full sexy, but can you not just do a little sexy for the office Christmas party? I'd wear it to our Christmas party if we had one. Yeah, well, I think that that's... That doesn't seem scandalous to me at all. It seems like... You can't wear it at a wedding, right? Like nope. a wedding's the other time you dress up, but you can't like out... Out scandalous or out sexy, the, the bride herself. We just got a text. A coworker hosted a barbecue and greeted us in her string bikini. Well, there you go. <laughs> what kind of party was that? <laughs> I don't know, but it sounds fun. And honestly, I do. Again, I do the same thing. I am not one of those people that worries too much about what is. Like, we're, I thought we were. I thought we were over this. I thought we didn't have yeah, rules no for what you had to wear to these things, but. I'm I'm curious. So somebody else just texted and said, "Do whatever you're comfortable with." My coworker and I are discussing this right now as our Christmas party is next week. Uh, with COVID, when was the last time you got to dress up? Exactly. Do it up, okay? But does that yep. mean that we're all making a pact to dress as sexy as we possibly can for Christmas parties? Because that'd be yep. funny. Let's do it. Roaring twenties got to start sometime, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's do it.